Yeah, Tim Crosley, um, Managing Director, Adderton Resources. Adderton's um, a copper gold explorer focused uh, in, in Papua New Guinea. Oh, Tim, good to have you on board. And we, we spoke to um, your predecessor, Frank uh, Saranova, uh, back in November. But we uh, time to catch up and see how things are getting on. Difficult markets, obviously. Um, is, is the plan still the same? To a certain extent, yes. Um, I think uh, in terms of the, the sort of execution of the plan, we're probably looking at things a little bit differently. You know, after sort of, I guess, having a chat to, to a few few of the investors, shareholders, you know, I, I guess it's probably difficult for a company like Adderton with its endowment of resource opportunities to try and do everything with that endowment. So I think the, the change in focus for us is to... Um, narrow down, hone in on on two prospects, one being the Ferguson Island assets uh, at surface mineralisation, really good grades, um, very good access, uh, near-term opportunity for cash flow, and the second key focus area being Fenny Island, which is really the opportunity there is is, is a genuine Tier 1 copper gold uh, asset. I mean, there's plenty of gold being, being identified and discovered there, but through our last drill program, we also identified, um, uh, you know, significant, uh, we had a significant copper intercept. So I guess to summarise, that's our key focus. And our view is that Fenny is probably not a project to be developed from now to, to um, sort of development by junior. So our, I guess the change in strategy is that we're looking to try and find a JV partner to help uh, develop the Fenny project. Whereas we are more than comfortable with developing the um, Ferguson Island, Island assets uh, on our own, through our own balance sheet and through our own shareholders. Right. Okay. So you guys, actually, actually, do me a favour. Can you give my give my respect to someone else last time round? I mean, what's your story? What's what's your track record history relevant to what you're trying to do here? Yeah. So um, my, my background, I'm I'm a uh, you know, I guess uh, uh, an operator out of the bulk space, worked for BHP for about 15 years, developed a uh, coal mine in the Bone Basin, operated their um, manganese uh, um, operation in, in, in the Gulf of Carpentaria for four years uh, and then operated BHP Iron Ore before moving into the junior space. I've been operating as an executive director for Mayer Resources, who is Adderton's largest shareholder, since since 2015, which has really been focused on on PNG, in that time frame, we've we've taken projects from effectively discovery to fully being fully permitted in PNG. We've taken two projects from from that you know, um, origination, you might call it, expiration, um, feasibility, and then full mining lease environment permit. We've done that with two projects in PNG. In PNG, okay, so that is highly uh, relevant. So appreciate that. And um, have any of the other former team moved on, or is it the same team, or you, have you brought others in? Yeah, so, so our chief geologist is still with us, uh, Rod, um, uh, and, um, and and CFO Stephen. Um, typically, the the sort of field guys will bring in on an as needs basis. So, so the guys that ran the program under Frank are still available to us, but we also have other. Um, you know, we've, we've put on a, a slightly more PNG-centric board. Um, so uh, um, Tony Williamson joined the board, really long-time experienced guy, used to run the MRA 
um, uh, knows all the people in the mineral resources uh, department. So I'm going to leverage his skill set too when we move forward to our, to, ex- to ex- execute our next program. And of course, our chairman's a resident Papua New Guinea, and Sinton Spence been there for you know 20 plus years. So we have reshaped the board to have a, a lot more PNG experience, centric experience. At the end of the day, that's where our business is. That's where our assets are. Okay, so let, let's break this up because you're you're today five million dollar company. Everyone's been hit hard. So I'm not going to dig you out about um, that particularly, but you, you're you going to be cash constrained. I, I get that you raised some money in December. You timed it beautifully, four million bucks. But you've got two projects. One you want to format, another thing you can get into early um, ca- you know, cash flow from. I think I've talked previously about $100,000 capex, as low as that. But um, what do you think we should be what, – what are you focused on? for? What, what's, what's important to you? Can you, do, can you run both those things in parallel or do you need to get focused on one? Oh, look, we're, we're very much focused on financing um, the uh, Ferguson Island assets. They're the assets that, in our view, can get you to cash flow the fastest. Um, and in parallel to that, we're, we're actively engaging and having discussions with potential JV partners for the Fenny project. So that's how we're splitting up the, the sort of work uh, the, the workload. And, you know, as I said probably earlier, we, we've come to the conclusion to try and finance and develop both those projects as a junior, it would be very difficult um, uh, and would certainly stress our balance sheet. So our focus is is really around getting uh, the next phase of development um, on, on the Ferguson Island assets while in parallel um, uh, looking to find the right JV partner to help, to partner with us on Fenny. Right, but I, I'm, intrigued, I'm, sorry, I'm interested in the thinking here because, you know, Ferguson is, seems relatively low capex, and if you are talking about getting into positive cash flow, you know, well, again, again, give me an update, you know, has there been any development in terms of the answers that you, you understand from both projects? Um, has there been any development in, in capex given inflationary pressures everywhere? Um, can you give us a, let, let, let's focus on Ferguson Island first, because I, because the, where I want to go is why would you not take the money that you sh- may be able to generate from Ferguson Island to be able to advance Benny a little bit further down the curve and capture more of the value before bringing a partner, a partner with a big balance sheet in? That, that's the question. Yeah, I'm gonna ask. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Um, look, what, our assessment of things is that Ferguson Island is a project from today you could take to being shovel-ready in in two years' time. Assuming you can finance and fund it, you can get to shovel-ready in two years' time. What does that look like? It looks like about a 6,000-metre RC drill program, a couple of thousand metres of, of uh, um, diamond core, feasibility study, mining lease application, EL permit, bang, shovel-ready. Now, what what does what does success look like for us out of a program like that, what we want, we want a shovel-ready project that looks like a 70 to 90,000 ounce gold concentrate producer with about two to one silver credit. So you'd be looking up to about 150,000 ounces of silver. Very simple. So again, it's an island location. It's in a, it's in a re- relatively remote but easy access location. So keep things simple. So what we're looking at, we're not going to try and make gold metal on the island. We want to produce a concentrate, so it's crush, grind, float, sell a concentrate to a smelter. That's our model. Keep it simple, keep the capex low. Now, you mentioned capital and inflation. There's no doubt that it's been there, uh, and and, um, uh, we haven't tried to re-look at the numbers, but based on some uh, quotes that we received from, from some suppliers, 
I think that project can be built for six between sixty and eighty million US dollars. Okay, okay, which which is again your your market capitalization. I think your shareholders and others looking would be saying, well, how do you go about putting that finance packaging together? Okay, one, I guess you can say to me, as we advance things, the market will recover and we'll get credit for value attributed to us and make it a little bit easier, but it's still a big chunk of change, isn't it? It, it is. Um, and, you know, uh, if you didn't have belief that the market will ultimately uh, re-rate you once you get uh, um, uh, your, your ounce count north of a million, you transfer, uh, you know, at least half a million and indicated into reserves and looked at the valuation relativities once you've sort of de-risked those elements of it, it would be a struggle to raise that capital. I, I agree with you, but it, but but if you look at um, uh, the the sort of the value uplift that juniors are getting once they con- conclude those steps, finish feasibility studies, get mining lease uh, uh, permits granted, get environmental license granted, uh, get all you know at least I'd like to see at least um, the payback period plus three years in the indicated and, and then re- reserve category. You do all those steps, you should should absolutely st- see a, a re-rate in your valuation. But you know, w- one million ounce projects these days, they they're kind of quite common. I'm just trying to look at the finance market instead of looking at various projects. One million ounce doesn't is, isn't a lot. Your, your grades are good and, and occasionally exceptional, but. Do you, do you think the demands from the markets in terms of raising the, the capital that you're going to need are changing again in the current environment? People are a little bit more risk on, as it, as it were, rather than risk off. So, well, sorry, they are risk off. You know, they're a bit nervous about, about what's going on. Precious metal markets aren't reacting like they used to in, in an, in an economic environment like this. So, do you think you, you're going to need to actually potentially do a lot more drilling and maybe find a lot more answers before you can go to um, markets? Uh, personally, no, I don't think so, because you can then sort of overcapitalise the amount of drilling at this stage of the project. So, you know, certainly once you're into cash flow, you would look to grow the resource. And look, how many projects have you seen out there across whatever commodity group that were a 10-year project or a 20-year project and 25 or 30 years later they're still operating because... You know, you you once you're in cash flow and you continue to to explore and drill, you find uh, more resources. The other thing about Fenny, uh, sorry about Ferguson, for us is we've got the Gamma deposit 30 kilometres away. We've got Wapolo, and then we've got another unexplored area nearby. So we look at Ferguson as a hub, build a centralised processing plant, most likely at Gamma. Explore and exploit the resources there. Move to Wapolo, and then move to the other parts of the island. Yeah, potentially you could be there for thirty or forty years with that uh, sort of hub and spoke model. Yeah, okay, okay. No, I, I, I get that. I'm just trying to understand what, what, how your your approach to this. So, um, so then it got to got to come down to the economics in terms of the studies. So, what what do you know now? You know, what's the timing when between between now and you firming up on what you think the economics could genuinely be, given the current economic environment and um, given potential cost of money. Look, at a a really high level, we've done some numbers because we've done the MET test work. We know we can produce a concentrate from a float circuit. Um, We, based on um, uh, a release of a study by by St. Barbara on their Simbiri sulphide project, there's some really good reference points on what the the realised gold price will be for a concentrate, which is, you know, about 83% of the gold price. Do all those numbers. 
uh, high level, I reckon we've got a project that can produce the gold, gold and silver concentrate for under $650 an ounce. And at today's gold price, we'd be selling it for around about uh, 1450 to 1500 an ounce, taking into consideration the discounts, the recoveries. You know, where, you know the test work we did show we get about 86% recovery of the, of the gold, which are all pretty good um, outcomes for us. So those high-level numbers tell me we've got a, a, a really nice little gold project here, which will have uh, low capex, um, but at the same time, needs to be developed in a pragmatic, sensible, really cost-focused uh, mindset. You, you can't gold plate this, right? It, it, and that's the way it should be developed. That's the way we all used to develop projects in the 90s, you know? Um, and, you know, that's where I come from. That's where my mindset comes from as well. So when you look at it that way, you know, it's it's a 50 to 60 million uh, EBITDA project every day of the week, you know? You, you crunch the numbers uh uh, on the back of an envelope, the numbers I just gave you, and it's a 50 to million EBITDA project every day of the week. That's refreshingly honest about um, what you will capture, the value that you will capture in terms of the, in terms of the dilution, in terms of the recovery, et cetera. It's, it's a realistic number. Um, it's maybe something that the market isn't used to hearing in the sense of most companies talk it up. They talk about the, the price of gold today. They don't talk about the dilutionary components uh, and the net number. Um, so in the same vein of, of honesty, um, if it is a 50 to 60 EBITDA, uh, million EBITDA number, that's great. But it kind of reduces your options in terms of, you know, where you go for this financing. So in terms of your experience in developing PNG projects, what are the types of um, funds or uh, fu uh, source of funds that you are going to have to go and talk to? It's clearly we're raising equity right now uh, in any shape or form is going to be expensive on the equity portion. You don't want to go down in the markets. Are there institutions that like these sort of smaller perfectly formed projects, you know, will the debt, um, you know, will, will the debt be comfortable for you in terms of, you know, securities that you're going to have to um, give uh, on, on that component? So how do you go about funding these things, given your experience? Yeah, look, I, in terms of the funding for that sort of major CapEx piece, you know, I think there's going to be a, num a number of ways there. Um, firstly, like if you, if you, Perhaps maybe it's not a great example because that project uh, got, got on hold. But if you look at sort of our neighbouring island next door, um, which has the Woodlark pro project, um, you, know, you know, Sprott was a big funder. You know, there's there's gold streamers that, are, that at that stage of the project will certainly look at uh, funding through prepayment uh, streaming type instruments. And then there's obviously the ability to go back to your own shareholder base or or, in, uh, or uh, institutional uh, funders uh, either out of North America or Australia uh, for for the equity piece. Um, so I think it's going to be a combination of all of those. You know, there's no doubt that um, that uh, uh, that you know we we haven't at this stage, and you wouldn't normally at this stage have sort of worked out what sort of debt to equity ratios we'd be working on. But I'd certainly be looking at a at a combination of sort of streaming finance, um, some some institutional money, and also. Um, looking back on our own shareholder base and, and probably new institution money that would come in at the point when it's de-risked. The other opportunity in PNG uh, for financing is the Papua New Guinea superannuation funds. Now, they are flush with cash. They're looking for um, US-denominated de earning projects to diversify their portfolios, which have 
typically been very focused around just property and buying bonds. So I, that's an untapped and very interesting opportunity for us. Um, and, and, you know, typically the discussions we've had for the, with them recently, they, they, they don't write a ticket less than 50 million Kina, which is what, 20, 20 million Aussie. So I think that's very fertile ground for us, but not now. They want to get you, they, you need to have your project in that shovel ready, fully permitted, clear line of sight to cash flow. Then they'll be interested. Right. Okay. So let, let's talk about the time frame um, between now and, and, and that moment in time. So because let, let's say this, this is a, I guess, like you say, I, I, I get that. Okay. So 175,000 ads indicated 340,000 inferred, right? So it's a small project, but as you say, these things, you know, have a tendency to go on and on, um, you know, past the life of, you know, initial life of mine, uh, you will spend more money on expiration. It, it, so that is fine. But it, to, to get people interested in the, in these sites, you need, you know, need people who have done it before, who are comfortable with this thing. So between where you are today and getting it shovel ready so you can go and talk to the Papua New Guinea Superannuation Fund and others, what do you need to actually deliver? And what, how much is that going to cost oh, you? Yeah, well, I think you, I mean, really good question. I mean, we certainly don't have the answers in the ground now. Um, so the, the next phase of work, which is nominally a three million US dollar uh, phase of work would be focused on increasing the total resource inventory to around about one and a half million ounces with about half a million ounces in the indicated which enables you to take that to reserve. That for us is, 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 is important to get to that sort of scale. Anything over a million, I think, starts becoming interesting to people. Below a million is probably, there's, you know, I think you said it earlier, there's dozens of projects of that scale. We do, we do have some, some, some serious advantages over a lot of projects in that our mineralisation is typically at surface, so it's shallow and the grades are good. And the, and, and the access to the site is really good. So, you know, your development costs will be relatively um, lower cost than, than certainly other projects in PNG that might be in the highlands or, or more, more, more uh, difficult geographies. So, I mean, I mean, I think in summary to answer your question, uh, the timeline's probably about two to two and a half years and the spend is circa three million US dollars to get you to that point where um, you've got, you know, just going over it again, feasibility is completed, environment permit in place, mining lease in place, and you are in a sense shovel ready and, and, and in, in a position to now go to the market to fund the actual development and building of the project. Okay, which then I guess, and, and we'll, let's, let's park that up, which then kind of, I guess, answers the question as to, you know, why you would want to look for a pharma opportunity with, with Fenny Island, because that's, that's tears into the distance and then you've got a well how, how, how was the build build time on a small project like that would be what 18 months oh i think you'd be able to do it for a bit less but sort of 12 to 18 months 12 yeah. to 18 months right okay so you're three years away from you know starting to ramp up the revenue there and you know and i guess four years away from being optimized um so therefore a conversation around finney island bringing someone else's balance sheet on getting you know carried for whatever percent you can negotiate on, on something like that. Should we go talk about Ferniana? Because it's not just gold, it's copper as well, isn't it? Yeah, look, uh, I mean, there, there is a there is a um, an argument to say, well, just stick to minimum expenditure on Fenny, 
put all the efforts and focus on getting into cash flow and then recycle those cash flows in, into Fenny. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I, I think that is an option, but I do have a view that really um, having been on Fenny, understanding um, the, the sort of um, local uh, landholders' expectations on things, I'm not sure that you'd still have their support if you'd sort of kept them in a care and maintenance type mode for another two and a half, three years, to be to be honest. I, I think we need to show some more demonstrable type of activity on Fenny. Um, and as I mentioned before, it's difficult for a company of our size to be able to running those pro- projects in parallel, not only uh, bandwidth, but also um, balance sheet capacity. So, you know, on a fully risk-weighted basis, considering all those factors, shareholders, um, I think the, 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 the most sensible uh, uh, way forward is to, is to try and JV it and, and find the right partner to do that with and, and hopefully do it at, obviously, you know, yeah, good uh, accretive uh, valuation terms. Right. And and how much, what's your expectation as how much money needs to be spent on that? Because like you say, whether it's two, three or four, year, four years away of, of you kind of you know, coasting and sort of then waiting for your own cash and, uh, to come through, um, you could be two or three or four years ahead if you can find a partner now to kind of start the process and using their balance sheet and, you know, without the concerns or worries about dilution. So, what would you want a farming partner to do? Would, how much money do they need to deploy? How quickly, given the size of the opportunity? And, and quite frankly, given the size of some of the um, other companies operating in the vicinity along trend, um, it, these are monster projects. So it probably deserves a, a monster spend, doesn't it? it? Look, it could be. I mean, and, and if it's a deep uh, porphyry system, you know, like as I said, uh, Fenny, Fenny's um, you know just just down the road, so to speak, from Lahir, which is a sixty million uh, ounce uh, project. You know, our first phase of work, which is really to try and sort of understand what's going on with copper, was about a three million dollar program. That's not going to get you necessarily to um, shovel ready or anything. It might just identify that you've got to spend another $10 million because you've actually found this amazing resource and you want to drill it out. Uh, you know, we, we've got a high level target expectations to sort of identify a resource of circa 5 million ounces of gold and a, and a million tonnes of in-ground in copper. Um, that's going to take more than a $3 million program. There's no doubt about that. Um, uh, and, and then when you consider you know the other aspects of, of Fenny. Uh, it's quite hot ground. It's got it's got um, definitely amazing geothermal potential, which is actually a plus and a negative. Um, um, you know, once you do, you build a mine, then you've got the opportunity to to build a, a geothermal power station like Lahir did. They built sixty megawatts. Um, you know, you've got um, uh, twenty four by seven renewable energy for the life of the project. So uh, great 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 uh, upside opportunity there. But I think in terms of really understanding what is it going to take to get from that next program to a sort of a shovel-ready state, I think the answer to that is I don't know until we're informed by that drill program and really understand what that's telling us. Right. But So you're saying that the group that you'd look to come in would need to have a decent balance sheet because you would look to them to spend the the, the – relevant amount of money, anywhere between 
three and maybe three initially, maybe ten initially, but something to, to move this product. Because the, the, the big mistake that juniors make is they do these formats with inconsequential companies without the ability to raise money, which soon become cash constraint, and then it kind of limps back to its previous you know run rate, i.e., not a lot happening. So I'm I'm intrigued by this selection process that you would go through to find a, a farming partner and not just to it'll do type decision making. Yeah, I mean, you want someone that can follow their money, don't you? You know, the, 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 you know, someone that can only sort of bring three million to the table and get you to the next stage. Look, maybe you take it because it actually does create, you know, take you to the next value accretion step. But ideally, you want someone that can follow their money right through to, 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 to um, you know, developing the project and being the, the project operator. We live in an imperfect world, so sometimes uh, uh, you know you don't find those partners at this stage of a project because it's it's a bit early for them and they want to get involved at a later stage. So you will, um, uh, in in a sense, compromise who that might be um, just to enable you to get to that next stage. So yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, you'd want to find a tier two uh, strategic partner who's who's in the game today. Who loves the the asset opportunity and uh, can can take it right through to full development? That would be the ideal world. Is that likely to be uh, the partner we find right now? I'm not sure, but I mean, we're talking to to people who find the geology extremely interesting, and uh, um, uh, you know w- whether they're interested enough to come in at this stage of the project. Time will tell. Right, but it, it makes a big difference to you, and makes a big difference to your shareholders. That you do pick the right person because if you are, if you do negotiate, I don't know, a twenty-five percent carry through to feasibility study or um, production of a feasibility study or FID, whatever you can negotiate, there's a value to that. And what I'm trying to work out today is how to value you, right? Because the the Ferguson Island stuff, you know, obviously with um, Gameta and Mapolu, um, you know, from humble beginnings, you know, or from acorns, you know, oak trees or grow, whatever you you want to say about it, but it's not there yet. So, I, but I, there at least are some numbers I can wrap my head around and value you. With Fenny, if you are, if your capital is not going to advance that, I want to understand what capital is uh, and how much of it there will be and what kind of deal that you can construct. Because I can again put a number on that in my in my head. Do you know what I mean? So it's a really important decision for yeah. you guys. Um, and I want to feel that it's not a case of we'll we'll take whatever is on offer, um, and we are you know you, you go the extra yard to say I'm going to create shareholder value by getting a meaningful company with a meaningful balance sheet or access to capital. Um, that, that's that, that's yeah, what no, I was getting I, to. I, I just want to. I, help. I understand where you're going. I mean, it, in in simple terms, um, uh, it's 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 too early to to sort of necessarily try and put a value on what that project is, but you certainly you, you would our view is that you'll need to spend a minimum three million US to understand the size of the prize, particularly understand what's going on with the with the copper, um, uh, and particularly understand, you know, the the strategy that Rod's got our geologists is to push into this relatively well, not relatively unexplored area that's got some cover over it. Previous explorers have really looked at Fanny as purely as a gold project. Well, why wouldn't you? It's just down the road from one of the greatest gold discoveries being here. A lot of it was very shallow drilling, air core, um, uh, misguided, probably a bunch of different explorers didn't really have a clear strategy. So we're trying to have a really clear strategy to understand, okay, well, we know there's gold here. 
It's not necessarily a dripping roast in terms of the grades of gold that we found yet, but there's certainly a massive runs, 145 metres at 0.8 grams from surface. And we now know there's a very interesting copper story with that whole four that we had last year where, what, at 70 metres we intercepted 0.3% copper, 1.1 gram gold, and then six metres at 5.2% copper. You know, that's a that's a genuine um, uh, intercept of interest on any stretch of the imagination, but it's way too early to try and sort of place a value or a project value on Fenny. I think after a, the next campaign and we really understand the gold resource, we understand the grades and we can wrap a, um, uh, an expanded uh, uh, inferred and, pot- and potentially convert some of the gold into indicated, absolutely, bang, we could do a preliminary economic uh, evaluation at that point and get some really good clear line of sight on the project value, which is some, sort of where we're at on the Ferguson assets. We're sort of we're at that stage now. We can have a line of sight on value there, whereas you can't really have a line of sight yet on value. There's plenty of blue sky at Fenny, but what is it? You know, what can you really put your arms around? It's probably too early to tell. Yeah, no, that, that's a fair comment, uh, honest, honest comment. Um, right, you raised this four million bucks in December. Um, you, you've given us a sense of no, what- No, no, we didn't raise, we didn't raise four million in December. That, that capital raise was put on hold. Yeah. Ah, sorry. Uh, pen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pending so, further so the evaluations. So what happened? Um, well, I guess it was put on hold because, um, one, it, uh, it wasn't really being supported by the major shareholders, and two, um, you know, particularly from my perspective of being on the board, I wanted to understand a little bit more about uh, the metallurgy and uh, we hadn't had a lot of those reports back in, so we didn't have any of the MET test work back in. We hadn't had the petrography reports back in on Fenny. Um, and I think that was really important to be informed by that before making a decision about how you're going to go and spend, you know, another three or four million dollars. Okay, okay, okay. So, so what was so what was happening around there? Because there's that decision making happening. There was a whole bunch of people who you know, tendered their resignations, etc. And I know like Frank's gone, but did I mean was there sort of like a re-evaluation at the time about the the trajectory or the direction of, of, of the business? It was, was it kind of a little bit of a shakeout? Yeah, look, it was a shakeout. I mean, I, I suppose you could call it that. Um, I don't know whether that's the, you know, a good choice of words or not. Um, and, and probably a bit of a reevaluation on the strategy. I mean, at that time, the company, I, I, you know, I think it was fair to say was really pushing ahead with, with trying to finance the development of a, an ongoing exploration on both projects. Whereas, you know, I think it was probably Let's sit back. Let's reflect. We've just done an done done a, done a very aggressive year of explorations. We put you know what six seven million bucks, maybe more into the ground, eight million bucks into the ground. Let's just get all that information back. You know, understand what it's telling us before we make uh, you know the next decision to move forward. And I think part of the decision making that came out of that was the decision to not try and progress both Ferguson and and, um, and the Fenny assets together uh, to focus on on Ferguson um, and and find a JV partner on Fenny and that's really where we're at now. Okay, okay. Again, nothing, nothing wrong with it. It just some, it sometimes needs that. So the the there's always going to be disagreements, and I guess I guess managing a, t- a, t- a tough a tough thing because you're 
you're dealing with um, a lot of what ifs um, in terms of decision making rather than actual data. Um, okay, so th- so that that kind of happened then. So where are you with financing now? You've given us a sense of what this thing is going to cost for the next two years in this conversation. So you're going to need to go back to market again, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, at some point we we need to go back to the market certainly to finance that um, that program that I described before on Ferguson Island, uh, which is largely focused on Gamera, but it's it will also have elements in it to understand you know doing some geotechnical work, understanding what we're going to do with tailings management. You know, so you're starting to really wrap your head around what's this project going to look like, um, uh, getting an, uh, an understanding of you know where plants might be located, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you're right, we do need to consider a capital raise. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, I think we're, we're starting to think about that and do some soft soundings. But at the same time, we're conscious that, the, you know, what's going on in the gold market, you, you know, in your introduction, you spoke about, well, we haven't sort of seen the expected response in the precious metal sector that people were probably expecting to see with inflationary pressures and so forth. So, uh, you know, do we go now? Do we do we sit back uh, 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 and just assess markets? I'm not sure. We we probably have a have a bit bit of a discussion at the board, not this week, but next week, to to, to understand whether we're going to go now or, or, or sit back and and just try and understand where the equity markets are at. It's not a you know let's be honest, it's not a great time to be trying to uh, tap tap the market right now. It's uh, you know I've heard some people describe the the sort of the Junior end of the market in Australia is is, is bad, if not worse, than, than post GFC. So, you know, we've we've got to just balance all that together. But being also pretty conscious of the fact that Gamma and Wapala look like pretty amazing projects. So, what you don't want to really do is to just sit there and have them in care and maintenance, and then have the markets respond, and you've now lost six months. What would be great was it would be to get them get them advanced, get the expiration drill rigs back on there, get the feasibility study happening so that when you've got that uh, response in the markets, bang, you're ready to go to develop a project and build a project. So how, how is the company at the moment? I, I, I know that, you know, Mayor Resources owns 43% of it, and I, I don't know what their financial position is, but, uh, you know, does, does Addison have the ability to, you know, Wait things out um, and just you know maybe reduce the speeds that at which it advances things. You know can can mayor resources are they in a position to lend money to the company? Um, do, you know does the company need it? I mean what what, what are the numbers look? Well, like? Well, I think to break the question up into probably two parts. Have we got supportive shareholders who would support us in a in a sort of a uh, a, a, a low activity sort of holding pattern. Yes, we do. Um, we're all shareholders. I'm a shareholder. You know, Sinton, um, Tony are all shareholders and, and, and we're supportive uh, sh- shareholders in that respect. Is Mayer interested in maintaining its position on the register and not diluting if it's got the capacity? Absolutely, it is. Um, so I think... Uh, uh, to answer your question, we 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 probably, if you looked at our at our cash position just today, you'd say, well, there's not much, uh, there's not a huge amount of, uh, of uh, runway left. But if you say, well, okay, is that a problem? Not necessarily, because there's a there's there's some very supportive shareholders, including the one that's talking to you now, that uh, 
happy to 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 fund the project in a in a in a slowdown mode and then hit the button when it's the right time to hit the button. Support it what like loan or or put equity? In oh, we, we 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 could we could do a small placement. We could do a small placement. We could do a shareholder type loan. Um, you know, uh, we're not at the position where we need to make that decision right now. The cash reserves are, are, are still you know uh, are still uh, certainly okay. So. Um, it could be any any one of the above options, you know, off probably sort of a clean equity sort of uh, uh, private placement is probably the, probably the easiest way to go or right. the okay. cleanest way to go. So that's the session for the year and the board in the next couple of weeks or so? Correct, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, 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 I'll leave it there. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. Uh, the, the the strategy is interesting f- for sure, and, I, and it's been you know refreshingly honest conversation as well. So I do appreciate that always. Um, but stay in touch. Let me get on, okay? Yeah, no, thanks very much. Thanks for having us uh, on on Crux. Yeah, first time for me, so I really appreciate the opportunity. It's not as bad as they say, is it? Easy. <laughs> okay, no, that's good. Thanks. Thanks, Tim.